Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new Ultra Micro Diameter Injection Arrows. Injection utilizes the new Deep Six standard for more big game penetration than ever before. Learn more about the injection today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, editor Christian Berg. Welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we're glad that you've taken some time to be with us today. We have uh, a great show, and with hunting season just around the corner, I know that uh, everybody out there is ramping up their practice regimens, and you're getting uh, getting yourself dialed in. And one thing that I'm always concerned about when I go to the field is uh, arrow penetration, and that's a big subject in our world. And the guest that we have today, Mr. Gary Cornum from Easton Archery, uh, is uh, the man for the job when it talk, comes to discussing arrow penetration. And uh, Gary, thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I love talking arrows, so thanks for having me on. Yeah, um, like I was saying, arrow penetration, um, gosh, there's really nothing uh, a whole lot more important than that when it comes right down to it. Next to uh, next to putting your arrow where you want it, uh, getting it in there as deeply as possible or preferably all the way through and out the other side is about uh, uh, the most you can hope for as a bow hunter. Yeah, it is, and and you think about all the work you go to to get that shot, you know, and you anticipate it, you work hard getting your 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 setup, your stand in the right place, and all that. So once you do finally have that opportunity, you want to give yourself, you know, every bit of advantage of of making it all happen as you can. So, yeah, super important, and all, everything we can do to give ourselves an advantage and 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 make conditions as favorable as possible is uh, is going to be important to us. Yeah, and. Um... You know, one thing that I'm excited to really dive into today with you, Gary, is um, some of the latest trends uh, in the arrow marketplace, uh, both in terms of uh, technologies and just the way that we as bow hunters are looking at our hunting arrows. You know, it's funny, I guess it's true in bow hunting as in any area of life, is everything seems to run in trends. And I think for a while... Um, we were in a big trend of, of speed, speed, speed on the arrow side, and a lot of hunters were gravitating towards that. But it seems like in the last few years, and I'm personally happy to see this because I'm not, I've never been terribly concerned with, with speed for the sake of speed, is we've seen more people coming back to the idea of using uh, a little bit heavier arrows for their hunting, which retains kinetic energy downrange better. And then the other thing we've seen is the move towards these newer uh, models of, of arrow shafts, which have the smaller diameters and also is providing a, a number of uh, advantages. And, and we'll dive into both of those things. But, uh, I mean, do you agree with me on that, Gary? We didn't discuss this beforehand, but that's what I think I'm seeing amongst, you know, the bow hunters that I know and the guys who are writing for the magazine. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we we make arrows that are really light and fast. There's guys that want that. But in most cases, I believe 
to do that, um, you may not need that, and you might be even selling yourself short. I think what you mentioned about heavier arrows, a lot of ours, and I know when I do my hunting, most of my shots aren't that long. And there's a couple things to consider. And, and even if you do go with the fastest arrow that you can, you still might not be tr- uh, accomplishing the thing that you're trying to do. Um, but for sure, one thing we do know is that if you go with a heavier arrow like you touched on, um, it's going to leave, uh, it's going to extract more of the energy out of that bow. It's just the physics of it all. And one way I, one way I've, an illustration that I've used with people, it's kind of a ridiculous example, but it does illustrate this point is if you were to fire an arrow, a fictitious arrow that weighed zero grains, all that energy would be left in your bow. You're basically dry firing your bow. That's why you'd be noisy and, you know, make a big crack and it'd be, you know, probably well, that's also you know, why your, It's also yeah. why your bow blows up when you do dry fire. Exactly. You're leaving all the energy behind. The other extreme I like to say is, say you could shoot a really heavy arrow, say something like a crowbar, a heavy crowbar. The, it would fly off. It would fly a few feet, you know, come off the rest and go a few feet. But you'd, the, the string would basically stop at brace height. But you'd be extracting almost all the energy out of the bow. And so between those two extremes, what you can see is that what that illustrates is if you're the lighter the arrow you shoot, the more noise you're going to have and the more of that potential energy you're leaving in the bow back in the limbs and all that. The heavier you go, you're getting uh, more of that energy, you're getting a quieter shot, and you're able to deliver that energy to the target. Now, as we talk more, we can talk about um, about the diameter and how that affects things, too. But if if you're just trying to extract all the speed you can out of your bow... I think you're. I think you're kind of leaving uh, a lot on the table in terms of energy and what you could potentially be doing when it when it impacts the target, when it impacts the deer, in terms of penetration and killing power. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, <clears throat> shooting a heavier arrow it also makes your bow quieter, and uh, it just maintains your energy so much downrange. I was just. Uh, it's funny. I've been working on the September issue. Uh, this week doing some layouts and so I've been reading a lot of elk related material and uh, John Dudley has an article about elk hunting that I was working up and he was talking about his arrows and a discussion he had had with Randy Ulmer a number of years ago and he really took Randy's advice to heart in going to a heavier setup for elk and John actually shoots uh, an axis arrow for his elk hunts but his arrow weight is 529 grains for his elk arrow so that's that's over 100 grains heavier than the arrows that i typically shoot about 425 grains so um you know there's a lot to be said for that and his point was that he gets very good results in terms of pass through shots with that heavier arrow yeah, and I agree with that. Uh, so you're taking more you're taking more of that energy out of the bow, and what John's doing too is he's shooting a small smaller diameter in the axis. And I've talked to uh, we we work with a lot of competition shooters. We work with Olympians. We work with 3D guys. Um, a lot of a lot of guys that are really into their equipment. And what, what one thing that we have found, and even the Olympians shoot a heavier arrow for this reason, is it take it's taking that energy. But what we do at Easton is we, we take that energy or we take that mass and put it in a smaller diameter. Mm-hmm. It, it really affects your, um, your downrange speed, that smaller diameter. So 
we call it focused energy. You're taking uh, an arrow, making it smaller, but beefing up the mass weight. So you're getting more of the energy out of the bow. As it flies down range, there's less friction through the air. That's a lot of people forget that. They think of it uh, in terms of when the, when the arrow impacts the target that you're getting more penetration. That is true, and we can talk about that more. I think we're going to go there today. But there's also the factor of that they're hitting with more more speed downrange because there's less drag on the arrow shaft itself. So you're actually able to keep more of that, that energy by keeping that velocity up as it flies through the air. And that means more kinetic energy, more penetration when it hits the target. It also means it's going to be flat, flatter shooting. So you're not necessarily, even though you might be starting out at a higher speed, uh, you know, from right out of the bow, by shooting a smaller diameter, heavier mass arrow, you can also get more speed downrange. And so you're really getting the best of all worlds. You're combining everything. You're taking a lot of your energy out of your bow, putting it into that arrow, but it's also retaining more of that velocity as it flies through the air. So when you do impact, when you do impact the target, elk, deer, whatever you're hunting, you're going to get more. You're going to have more kinetic energy when it impacts. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the cool things about archery and uh, is a lot of the things that we discuss, like what we've just been talking about here is it all kind of boils down to physics and it's available that uh you know you can set up some tests and sort of prove out these theories that we're talking about you know how how all that works and that's something that that we decided to do at peterson's bull hunting and for those uh, who are listening you want to make sure to uh, pick up a copy of our August issue because uh, gear testing editor John Silks did uh, a whole test, and that's what we're going to talk about uh, right now, Gary, is looking and really quantifying uh, for the first time that I'm aware, you know, to put it in black and white, the benefits uh, of small diameter arrows and just how much penetration. Uh, is increased as the uh, diameter of your arrow shaft decreases, Gary. And, um, you know, this is obviously something that's no secret to you because you guys introduced the injection shafts three or four years ago now, Gary. And and I've got to believe that uh, bringing those to the hunting market was largely driven by this idea of maximum penetration. Yes, that's right. We did. it's been uh, it's been three years ago, and uh, so you're exactly right. The uh, the we but go back a little farther. Ten years ago, we introduced the axis arrow, and you know you know why did we do that? Well, you know we have um, we we've started to talk about arrows in terms of diameter now and in, in millimeters because there's all these different arrows out there now and. Uh, back in the day, we had kind of your standard diameter arrows, like you know, like a, a Beeman or you know some of the other Eastern shafts, and then and then we came out with the Axis, and and there was only those two, and it was kind of easy to you know keep track of it. But but we the the Axis is a five millimeter diameter, and the ejection, what you just mentioned, is a four millimeter diameter, and we had to overcome some hurdles to be able to do that. Well, we came out with the Axis ten years ago. And we gave some to you, and 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 the and the and we tested them and did all that, and then uh, the market really embraced it. Um, we had to, the hurdles we had to overcome those. The, we, the components, the the broadhead ferrule, uh, particularly was um, 
a certain diameter across the board, across the industry. And the only way to be able to fit that broadhead shank into, inside the, the arrow, we had to come up with the hit insert that the axis uses. And that allowed us to take arrows to a level that they hadn't been done before. We, we got that into the market. What we noticed right away was that guys were getting better field performance. Their arrows were penetrating. They're killing deer quicker, their shorter blood trails, um, deeper penetration. And we, and so from there, we introduced the full metal jacket in the same diameter, the five millimeter. And we were kind of limited at that point as, as we're, we're stuck. Uh, we got, we, we knew that the, the diameter affected field performance and we knew that it, it was better. And we said, so we, we, we let, we were there for several years. We were there for about seven years. And then, um, and then we said, well, you know, what do we do now? And we said, well, the only way we're going to go any smaller is we got to come up with a new, a new field point and broadhead standard. And that's what we call the deep six. And that, that means smaller broadhead ferrule. And that broadhead ferrule that's been standard in the industry was designed, the diameter of that was designed, you know, 40 years ago or so. And so that was back when everything was aluminum, and it really wasn't a consideration to make that any smaller because the, all the arrows back then were really large in diameter, and that's what people shot. And so we were limited by that old technology, that 40-year-old technology. So the Deep Six standard we got with the broadhead companies, we worked together, the Deep Six standard allows us now to take arrows down into that really small diameter realm. We call it the four millimeter, the four millimeter uh, diameter realm now, uh, with the injection and the Deep Six FMJ that you're talking about, and that really opened the door again three years ago for us to take arrows to a new performance level of penetration. Yeah, and um, you know that's where we can dive into some of these results. I'm really kind of uh, excited to share these with the readers because I think they're very, very, um, you know, it's a great illustration of of exactly what we're talking about. Well, let's just start, uh, and we'll we'll try not to get too deep that you can't uh, follow us here if you're driving to work or cutting the grass or whatever you're doing while you're listening to this episode. But let's just take a look at uh, what we did is we actually, uh, we tested uh, one, two, three, four, six different shafts as part of this test, Gary. And we did uh, both aluminum. We did three aluminum shafts and three carbon shafts, or I should say three aluminum exteriors. So we did the, the Deep Six FMJ, which was the smallest uh, arrow in our test. That had an outside diameter of uh, 0.24 inches. Uh all the way to the Beeman ICS Hunter, which was the largest arrow in our test at a diameter of uh, 0.298 inches. And then in between, we had the, the carbon injection, we had the standard FMJ, the Axis, and we even tested an old uh, trusty Easton XX75 aluminum shaft for those guys out there that are still shooting uh, all aluminum arrows. So we had a range, okay, in in outside diameter from 0.24 inches uh, to 0.298 inches, and right in the middle of that was basically the axis at um, the axis outside diameter is uh, 0.27. So it. Just to make it a little easier for everyone to understand, essentially from the hunt from the ICS Hunter, 
which is sort of a standard carbon shaft diameter, to the axis is about 10% narrower. And then from the axis to the deep six FMJ is going to be another 10%. So you've got a range of about 20% reduced diameter. And yet when we did our test, and this is what we did, and this is what I think is so critical in the way that we try to approach our testing, Gary, is we want to level the playing field and make everything apples to apples. So what John actually did is he cut all of these six different kinds of arrows to the same length and then we match their weight because obviously the spines were similar but you know that the the grains per inch for all six of those arrows isn't the same so the only way to really level the playing field of how much energy these arrows are going to have coming out of the bow was to then take and add weight to the lighter arrows until every single arrow weighed 465 grains, which was basically the weight of the heaviest of the six arrows in the group. So we had all six of these shafts weighing 465 grains. And the incredible thing is that when we did that, when we equalized these arrows out of our test bow, every single one of those six arrows was traveling between 251 and 252 feet per second. And the kinetic energy out of the bow was between 65.07 and 65.59 foot-pounds. So you're talking yeah. about less than a foot per second variation in speed and less than a half a pound of and kinetic energy out of the bow. So essentially, we've matched the out-of-the-bow physics, velocity, and mass of all six of these arrows. And if we come back now, okay, long-winded, we're getting pretty deep. If you're not an archery geek, you might be wondering where we're going. Well, here's where we're going with this. Gary, I was shocked. You remember what we said about the diameters, right? The deep six mm -hmm. FMJ is 20% narrower than the Hunter Patriot, okay? Mm -hmm. Yet, in our penetration tests using a field point, the deep six FMJ arrow, although it's only 20% narrower, penetrated 40% deeper into our foam targets. So the average depth of penetration on that Easton deep six FMJ was 17.8 inches versus 12 and three quarters inches for the Patriot. And the, yeah, and yeah, and I mean, what I amazing. love about what what I love about what you guys did is you were testing just for diameter. By, by making everything equal in terms of kinetic energy and arrow weight, what you're talking about, is we're just looking at, they're keeping this simple, right? We're just looking at just diameter at this point. And that's what I love about the test that you've done, is we can look at this one thing and clearly get a feel for what how this affects it. This is something that, that we've tested for, I don't think we've gone to this extent that you guys did, but we've tested for it, we knew it was a factor, and I love that um, what you did is you said, let's take a look at just this one thing. There's a lot of talk going out on the market about it. We've been, we've been seeing these things out in the market for 10 years. Let's go out and see what the effect really is. So you know, by normalizing the other factors, we can clearly look at just the arrow diameter. Oh, absolutely. And the arrow diameter, I mean, when you think about it, like I said, it's all physics. You reduce your surface area accordingly. So if your diameter is, you know, 10 or 20% less, then you're basically taking, you know, your surface area down and the less surface area you have, 
the less friction you have. It's as simple as that. So friction is an enemy of uh, penetration. And friction is an enemy an enemy of uh, aerospeed as well. So it's it just is something that intuitively makes sense. We've seen it on the tournament side. We've seen it in the Olympics. They've 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 made their arrows as small as they can as well. It only makes sense that it would transfer and be a benefit to the bow hunter as well. Well, the Olympians, and this is a benefit we enjoy as bow hunters, but maybe not quite as concerned about as we are penetration. Of course, the Olympians don't really care how far their arrows go into those targets. They get the same score uh, mm-hmm. based on where it hits, not how far it goes in. But, but they are concerned. They are concerned about. Uh, they want to keep their arrow speed up downrange, and that it's. It's a different reason. What you're talking about is is true. They don't want. They're not really concerned about how deep they go on the target. But the the goal is the same. They want high they want high arrow speed downrange. We do too, but we take it one step farther. We also want. Well, I would. We thought, also want that penetration. Yeah. I would have mm-hmm. thought their main interest in having the narrower arrows would be the reduced wind drag or the. Narrow, yeah, you know, reducing the, the surface area so that when they're shooting outdoors, the the crosswinds aren't influencing their shots. That's a huge. That is actually a huge factor, probably even more so than downrange velocity. Uh, but that also benefits the bow hunter. So, um, it's all those things come together. But um, if you, yeah, absolutely. The um, it's one thing I say is you know it, people don't really consider that, but um, if you got a crosswind, you know you're you shoot a smaller diameter arrow, you want to hit as close to the center of vitals. You're aiming at the center of vitals. Um, every every single factor comes into play, and you want to give yourself every advantage you can. So I know we're talking about penetration, but uh, just as an aside, that is true. Um, the crosswinds for the tournament shooter are huge. and one, That's one of the biggest reasons they shoot the small diameter. But for the bow hunter, the penetration comes into play. Um, so kind of the the benefits flip, but the 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 results are the same. You still get the you still get the performance benefit as you found in your testing. Oh yeah, well it's kind of like getting it all. You know, if your main motivation to maybe go to a uh, a narrow diameter arrow is to boost penetration, certainly the fact that you're going to slice through the crosswinds a little bit more accurately is nothing to sneeze at. You know, it's a nice bonus for sure. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that we noticed is, uh, you know, again, if we look at these six test arrows, three aluminum and three carbon, um, there was a pretty clear correlation uh, with the exception of the old um, XX75 aluminum and the, and, and the ICS Hunter, um, both in the injection side, the Deep Six FMJ and the carbon injection, as well as the standard FMJ and the Axis, um, those aluminum... FMJ arrows uh, penetrated uh, just a little bit deeper than the carbon arrows, and that was something that we were curious and looking at too. Because I, I don't know what the scientific term is. I'm sure there's some sort of a, a standard measurement to use the relative smoothness of a surface, but it just seems to us that the aluminum is more slick, for lack of a better word, than the carbon uh, exterior, and and that's kind of what we thought was going to happen is what we saw with the aluminum arrows uh, getting a little deeper than the carbon shafts, Gary. Yeah, yeah. so on the FMJ, I mean, I, I've shot, that's my favorite arrow. I, I, I've been shooting those 
pretty much since they came out, came out, and I don't care if it's elk or turkey. I, I just love them. I love the way they shoot. But when I go to pull them out of my target, uh, when I'm practicing into my 3D target or my phone target at home, it's really easy to pull those out. Well, there, that's that's a clear benefit is that um, is that aluminum surface on the outside. And just so people know what that is, we start with a carbon core. So it's a lot like just uh, an axis or um, you know a carbon arrow underneath. And then it's pretty much just what the name says. It's a full metal jacketed carbon arrow. So we take a precision XX75. Um, aerospace alloy aluminum jacket and we bond that over the outside of this carbon arrow so um, what we have there is we've got uh, carbon as a material is lightweight and strong uh, um, aluminum as a material is very precise we're able to make that to a level of accuracy uh, the most accurate arrows in the world today uh, you get these uh, tournament shooters shooting indoors they use aluminum arrows today um, at 18 meters, they're the they are the most precise in terms of spine, that stiffness around the shaft, weight consistency from shaft to shaft. They weigh the same, and then and then also the straightness. So aluminum is an extremely precise material. Carbon is a lightweight, strong material. What happens when you combine those two? When you take that that carbon base shaft and you take that precise aluminum core, you kind of get the benefit of of both of those. They work in concert together. So you get the carbon benefit of strength and speed, and you get the precision benefit of the aluminum being a very precise, accurate material. And then the, and then it kind of falls into place, too, what you're talking about with the slick surface helps aid in penetration, and that's what your testing proved out. So it's kind of like we're getting the best of all worlds without any sort of a trade-off, and that's what I love about the FMJs. Yeah, I'll tell you what what I like about the couple two things that I like and I shoot the uh, I shoot the FMJs quite a bit too and uh one is um unlike in our test, we actually did two tests. The the test that we just discussed, we matched the weights of all these arrows. But then we did a second test where we didn't match them and here's why. Uh, and I'm a perfect example. You know, if I if I'm going to switch arrows, let's say I'm shooting an axis currently and then i want to switch to an fmj gary well i'm not going to change the weight of those shafts i'm just going to take the fmjs and cut them to the same length that i'm currently shooting with the axis and shoot them out of my bow and and i'm going to adjust my sight pins to match the arrow i'm not going to necessarily put additional weight or take weight away to try and keep them the same weight as my own and that's what most bow hunters are going to do you know if a bow hunter decides he or she is going to just shoot a different shaft this year he's just going to cut them to the same length and shoot and they're either going to be heavier or lighter than their old arrows and they'll adjust their pin gaps accordingly so the thing i like about the fmjs because you've got that aluminum sleeve over the car the carbon uh interior they tend to be a little bit heavier on a grains per inch so as we started this conversation talking talking about the fact that a heavier arrow is going to quiet your bow and maintain more kinetic energy downrange. Just switching from an all-carbon shaft to an FMJ shaft is going to give you a little bit extra mass, and it's going to give you that little bit better kinetic energy downrange. So that's huge to me. And the other thing that I love about the FMJs is 
It just makes your arrow so much more durable. Anybody who's listening who shoots all carbon shafts knows that when you miss a shot and you don't hit the target and your arrow, you know, skips through the grass and maybe gets into the woods on the edge of your yard, if you hit a rock, even on a ricochet with an all carbon shaft, your odds of getting a hairline fracture in that shaft are pretty good and unfortunately that that pretty much means your arrow's done. Um, the metal sleeve on the FMJs just allows those arrows to take so much more abuse. And uh, I find I can get, like, many, many, many more chances out of my arrows. So while they may be a little bit more expensive to begin with, they're actually a better value in the long run because they last me a long time, Gary. Yeah, when I shoot my FMJs, I get, I get I get a lot of use out of them as well. I agree with you 100. percent And like the benefit you also pointed out was that there is um, you're you're getting uh, you're getting built-in kinetic energy, so to speak. So you take a say you take an axis diameter, a five millimeter shaft, and you you take it and you have you have that you have that carbon arrow, but you you get the added benefit of putting that aluminum jacket over the outside. So you're getting the two materials again working together. There's a lot of hoop strength in aluminum, and there's a lot of uh, linear strength in the carbon. And so you're sort of uh, you're sort of playing into the, the both of their strengths, and you get uh, you get a very durable shaft. And and uh, it's always a good idea to um, you know shoot the most durable shaft you can, obviously. And and but I also to encourage people to check their arrows. Like you you touched on just briefly, you know, if you miss a shot or something like that, after you take a shot, just just check them, uh, look at them, make sure they're not damaged, and, and never shoot a damaged arrow. Yep, that's yeah. Otherwise, you can end up with some some pretty ugly photos out there on the internet of what happens if you shoot damaged arrows so yeah yeah you got to be careful obviously uh safety is the number one thing but uh for sure for sure you know and and i i again just you know you look at it in terms of how you know how long our arrows last or how much we get to use them but also safety is of course the most important thing so so let's dive into this a little bit deeper uh and talk about the varied arrow weights because like i said what if you know, we that's what we thought to ourselves, right? So we kind of discussed the matched arrow weight uh, results. And then we thought, okay, well, in the real world, guys aren't going to do that, right? So what if we just took all these arrows and we didn't add any weight to them and we just cut them to length and shot them at their out-of-the-box weight? So how would that turn out? And so, yeah, I like I like what you did with that too because that's what that's what our that's what our you know the archers are going to encounter right they're going to go into a shop and they're going to just grab one and uh, you know pick a model and go shoot it so the one the one test is hey let's look at the arrows and see what you know what diameter has effect but now what you're doing is kind of bringing it into the real world and say hey what what happens if I just go pick up an arrow and and shoot it how's that going to perform so yeah and so just to see. You know, give you a couple examples of how things would compare. If you're shooting uh, a 340 spine axis, uh, I believe these arrows were all cut to uh, 28 and three quarters inches uh, to the to the insert, and so the axis weighs 426 grains. 
we're at uh, a standard FMJ, which is essentially the same diameter as 465 grains. So you're looking at an extra 35 grains there. And you, then you jump over to the penetration, and again, you see the FMJ average penetration 14.8 inches versus, you know, a little over 14 and a half for the axis. Same thing, the deep, the carbon injection, uh, out of the box weight for our length 442 grains the deep six fmj is 460 so again you're looking at an additional 20 grains there on the arrow and your average depth just under 18 inches for the deep six fmj versus 17 and an eighth inches for the carbon injection so again you continue to see this uh, advantage in penetration uh, for the heavier arrows as well as for the uh, for the aluminum uh, sheathed arrows. So we did that, Gary, and we looked at these results with the field point, and we were like, okay, we like this. Everything is matching up with what our conventional wisdom would be, or our theories are being proven out. But as is so often the case in science, if you want to call it that, things are not always as they seem. And when we really started to scratch our heads, and this is what I'd like to spend the rest of our time talking about, is we then took the next step and we said, let's take these same arrows, matched weight and out-of-the-box weight. Now let's start screwing broadheads on the end of these things and shoot them again and see how the penetration stacks up. And all of a sudden, all these really clean and clear-cut trends that we were seeing weren't so clean and clear-cut anymore, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so... um for example, we we looked at uh, four blade broadhead, fixed blade broadhead, a three blade fixed blade broadhead, and a two blade expandable broadhead. And what we saw is that for the most part, Gary, the the narrower shafts in our test group still had an advantage over the standard diameter shafts, but depending on the kind of broadhead we used, that advantage was shrunk down to in some cases almost nothing uh and in other cases particularly with the two blade uh expandable was actually a a rage hypodermic that we used uh and that for the two for the hypodermic the narrow shafts continued to hold a pretty significant advantage in penetration over the fatter shafts but when we used just a a four blade fixed blade broadhead it was you know just only a slight advantage and so that kind of left us scratching our heads almost to the point where we may do a whole nother test sometime to really try to get to the bottom of this but i'm curious to what your thoughts are on this gary what you know what is the broadhead doing here uh, and and i'm surprised that it it played such a factor i think the uh i think there's a uh, an effect where your um the broadhead ferrule will create a channel for the shaft to follow through um and and reduce some of that friction as well but there could be a, uh, another advantage to, um, and I think I, I think testing broadheads uh, in the same way might be uh, might be worth looking at because um, ferrule design may have more effect on penetration than we thought because of that uh, because of it's you know it's taking most of that friction 
um, if you think about it, it's got all those blades. It's got the ferrule. It's going through first. Um, so I think it's ta- I think it's leaving a channel um, behind the broadhead for the arrow to follow through on, which is good because you want that arrow. You want the arrow. Most of the energy in your shot is in the arrow, and you want that arrow to be driving the broadhead through. So I think uh, I think the broadhead is probably taking um, taking up some of that a good portion of that friction. Oh yeah, uh, because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when you think about it, too, right? I mean, a four-blade fixed-blade head versus a two-blade expandable. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're introducing that much more surface area and that much more friction onto the front yep. of your arrow, and yep. and that's why, even though you've got this really narrow shaft behind the broadhead, you've got this bigger broadhead, you know, punching clearing the channel as you say for the shaft and that is uh accounting for you know especially on the if you look at the results and the way that the the larger shafts are almost matching the the broadhead penetration as the smaller shafts clearly Mm -hmm. that's telling me the only way that that really makes sense in my mind especially in light of the field point results that we got with the same arrows is mm-hmm. that what that means to me is that the broadhead is responsible for the vast majority of the friction that's being encountered, especially on right. the smaller shafts. The smaller right, and we may find that there's a, a, a big there, there's a big opportunity to uh, to create uh, less friction. I think I think when you add that, like you said, the blades, the ferrule, and all that, when you add that to the mix, you're adding a a real element of friction um, to the to the system. Um, where uh, there may be some opportunity there for uh, product development around that to uh, to get those um, to get bring those together so that the ferrules and the shafts are working in concert. Yeah, so there's a couple. I think there's a couple practical applications to that in the short term for uh-huh. for bow hunters. You know, like you and I, just for for the each individual bow hunter. If you if you're taking advantage of the penetration uh that these narrow diameter shafts offer and i certainly you know for what it's worth personally i encourage you know my friends and fellow bow hunters to go ahead and make the switch to a smaller diameter shaft because i absolutely believe that you're going to see a boost in your penetration but by the same token if you're doing that you also want to put some thought into the broadhead that you choose to shoot with that because as we can see from these results the broadhead you choose is definitely going to impact how much additional penetration that shaft gives you versus you know whatever shaft you might be shooting currently and i don't have enough data here with just testing three individual heads to even say for certain you know how that all comes into play but what i would say is I'm going to probably do some more experimentation myself, Gary, and and try to find a broadhead that seems to maximize penetration with my setup. And as you said, you know, on a longer term basis, practically speaking, some of the broadhead manufacturers out there might want to put their R&D people on saying, hey, how can we develop a line of broadheads that are specifically designed to complement and maximize the energy and penetration advantages that these new narrower shafts are providing. Yeah, I think I see. So I would agree with that a hundred percent. You know, you 
you um, it works. It's a system, right? You got a broadhead, you have an arrow, and they need to work together. Um, but uh, we've in the past, and in development of the deep, new Deep Six standard, as I mentioned earlier, we've uh, we've worked closely with uh, major broadhead manufacturers in um, in the product development. And uh, I think this is perhaps another opportunity for us to look at how to take it to another level. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just I just encourage people to. Uh, check out this whole report. You really, uh, you know, and I'm sure I went over people's heads a little bit today. I was throwing a lot of numbers out there. Uh, we've got charts with all of the information in this uh, issue. And to see it for yourself, because like you said, there's been, so, you know, and you guys as an aero manufacturer, I mean, you've been making, you know, what we refer to in the magazine, marketing claims. These are your marketing claims, Gary. And we say mm -hmm. that, you know, sort of tongue in cheek because manufacturers, let's face it, you guys say, and I say you guys, Easton, I mean, everybody who advertises in the magazine, right? Everybody's product is the latest and greatest and everybody's has unique advantages and this is what's said. So to actually have an opportunity to test these things and see it in black and white, it's really makes, I think, a, a compelling case for why aerodiameter ought to be a very important consideration for a bow hunter. To me, aerodiameter is at the point in the marketplace where that ought to be as much of a consideration for you as how many pounds you're going to draw or, you know, what kind of uh, scent control you're going to use or, or what kind of camouflage you want to wear because all of these things play a significant role in your success out there in the field. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it kind of it harkens back to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, at the beginning. And I, I, I really think... Um, you know, we look at uh, you look at how much effort you go to get that shot, and you never know when that buck of a lifetime is going to walk under your tree stand. You know, and and you know we've been talking about axes and FMJ and deep six and all these things. One thing to really consider is why you know what I say is give yourself every advantage, but in a lot of these small bent arrows, there's really no there's really no trade off. You get these performance benefits. Um, the the arrows that we're talking about are comparably priced to the uh, to the arrows that are um, you know the, the the market arrows that are out there uh, for sale at uh, you know at the dealers and so here is an opportunity for people to basically pick up performance gains in their setup without really having to um, to sacrifice anything you know it's it's kind of like you get these benefits without having to uh, you know, sacrifice some other aspect of your setup in order to get there. So um, I just encourage people, you know, it's all about having fun and it's all about, you know, the sport that we love and enjoy. Give yourself every advantage you can. And we're, you know, here at Easton, we um, we love to bow hunt and we we love that our factory's, you know, right here in the USA and and uh, we, we work hard to keep it here. But we, first and foremost, we love the sport and we just want people to get out enjoy the sport, be safe, and, and, and make the most out of it. And so when we, as we develop products, that's what we have in mind. We're trying to make this uh, a better experience and to, to, we're really focusing on people's success. What can we do? What can we do to have, give people a better experience and to boost their confidence in their shot and really just make, make bow hunting um, everything that they can. And, and we do our little part with the arrow shaft 
um, and we're focused on it every day. We're, we think about it all the time. Um, not everybody does, but we do because that's what we do here at, at Easton. And and so and so we're just focusing on on making the the best products we can to give people the best performance that they can get. Yeah, and um, you know, just a full disclosure thing too, Gary, because I'm sure. You know, there's going to be some people who listen to this whole episode and they're going to say, um, oh, that's great, but I don't shoot Easton Arrows. Uh, I just want to interject real quick a couple things. Um, I realize that there, you know, there's a lot of good arrows out there. And so if people are wondering, well, why did we test all Easton Arrows? It was really a pretty simple answer is we wanted to test a variety of shafts that ranged from the very narrowest hunting arrows that are available on the market today to the fattest. Uh, And it just so happened that Easton is the one company that makes all of those. And so obviously you guys as a company, what year were you guys founded, by the way? We were founded uh, back in 1922. Doug Easton started the company. Okay, so you've been around a little while, coming up on a hundred years, more or less. And obviously, your your heritage, well, before cedar and all that, but in the relatively modern hunting era, I mean, you guys had a heritage in aluminum and the standard diameter aluminums, which you still make, and mm-hmm. as well as helping to pioneer the, the smaller arrows. So, so that's why we used Easton for our test. But I just want to make it clear that. You know, we're not, I think that you could take our results and you can extrapolate, you know, those advantages to other small diameter arrows that are on the market. And perhaps at some point in the future, you know, we can look at some of those other shafts. But uh, that's why we decided to go with Easton for this test. And I think that the results that we got here provide a really good baseline for our readers, you know, to make some decisions, not only about the products that you guys make, Gary, but just what the options are out there in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we, of course, we're honored to be able to to help with that, but we do make, we do make a, a run the gamut on arrow diameters for hunting, but you know, Easton is a company that, that tries, uh, you know, it's a, there's other companies out there that that um, make, you know, they have mostly focused on hunting, but there's other ones that make Target, too. Easton is sort of a company that we want to run an arrow for pretty much anyone. So if you have a beginner archer, you got an Olympian, you got all kinds of bull hunting, that's sort of the Easton, the Easton company is we're trying, we're trying to... Um, to service all faculties of archery, and so having those products available for your test, um, I think is, uh, of course, again, we're we're honored and happy to help out with that as well. And like you said, you know, it's funny. I, I, you did mention we've been around since 1922, and we've been made in the USA since 1922. Um, but Doug Easton started out in his garage making longbows and arrows out of wood, and. Uh, he he had so much trouble getting the wood arrows to group that he invented the aluminum arrow, and that that sort of that spirit of innovation that uh, that he you know started way back then really drives the company today because um, his son Jim is still um, still involved with the company, and, and then his grandson Greg is running the company now. So it's still a family company, still made in USA. But that spirit of innovation that J- that Doug Easton started to create a better arrow is still what drives us. And that's where we came out with the small diameter and the axis. And that's what we're always looking at is how can we do this better? How can we how can we make better products for the Olympians? How can we make better products for the bow hunters and, and everybody in between? How can we make a better arrow for the, the beginners? And, and we just do, we just put our best foot forward 
do the best that we can and uh, and and try to get everybody um, the best arrow possible. Well, basically, what you're saying, Gary, is you guys are a bunch of archery geeks over at Easton, and we were talking. Yeah, about just it. just like you guys. That's yeah. well, that's what I was saying because Gary and I were actually talking right before we started the show. I said one of the things that John Silks and I often discuss when we're talking about what we want to test and how we're going to test things and let's face it we're archery geeks and uh not everyone like you said you right not everyone thinks as much about arrows as the people at easton do and not everybody sits around you know thinking about how to test this gear as much as we necessarily do at peterson's bow hunting but i think the advantage you know hopefully our readers and our listeners you know appreciate you know our efforts on the testing and evaluation side to help them make, you know, informed decisions as to what they want to take out there in the field. Cause ultimately in the moment of truth, you know, that gear has got to be right or, you know, your hunt's going to go all wrong. And same thing on the manufacturer side. I mean, Easton is one of, you know, many great companies in this industry that I have a lot of appreciation when I go to the ATA show every year and you see all these, I call them the unsung heroes, all the engineers and the product development people for uh, nobody will ever know, you know, most of these people's names. They're not going to be television celebrities, but they're the ones that are pushing the envelope and constantly improving what we have at our disposal. And uh, it makes us better bow hunters at the end of the day. So thank you, Gary, for all that Easton does. And uh, hopefully people got a lot of practical insights today on how they can shoot a more deadly hunting arrow this fall. Well, I appreciate you uh, spending the time with me today and allowing me to, you know, weigh in. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to do that whenever you need it. Well, thanks again, Gary. It was a great conversation. I look forward to some other technical topic we can dive into next time. Sounds great. Yep. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's new ultra micro diameter injection arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.